Hey, this is Sam from the Attack and Release Show. Just wanted to give a quick disclaimer about this episode that some of the numbers uh, revolving around LUFS and Spotify and output ceiling have changed since we recorded this episode. I heard a rumor that they were changing. I even mentioned in the episode, and it happened. So some of our information is a little different, but the overall episode is still good and worth listening to. So enjoy. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am apparently not doing this right. (laughs) (laughs) We need to have a blooper reel one time. That one for sure. (laughs) Apparently not doing this one right. (laughs) Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. On today's episode, we are going to be taking a step back and doing a follow-up on a previous episode that we did on loudness and normalization. And we want to just follow up and touch base with a bunch of people who had reached out to us and essentially said, we're on board with this, or we're really not on board with this. And we want to keep that conversation going and what we've seen since that dialogue has happened. So Sam, you want to dive into it? Absolutely. I want to dive. Perfect. Let's dive. Sweet. So I want to bring up basically what probably 90% of the people who responded to me over the last couple months since that first episode came out is this continual debate on should I go for a target LUFS? Is my music going to be turned down? I don't want my music to be turned down. That seems like a penalty or a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But I want to compete with labels or I want my client just needs it to be louder. And, oh, I metered all the top 40 stuff and it's still slammed to like negative four RMS and like (laughs) crazy low LUFS. So obviously they're not following any rules. And that's with their loudness normalization turned off. Right, yeah. And basically people wanting to to basically, they just want to know what the heck they should be doing. (laughs) I think that's everybody right now. No one knows what's going on. Yeah, and no one seems to know what's what's going on. And I think to me, I wanted to just share slash give everyone permission that you can make your music as loud as you want it. You know, there really is no rule to how loud or compressed you should make your music. You should really, you know, Matt and I talk about this a lot, is like you should serve the client always. So if the client wants the music slammed, then you should probably slam the music, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is something for me personally that I fought quote-unquote loudness for the last few years and then probably about the beginning of this year I just stopped because no one cared about what I was saying and there's a difference between loudness and a difference between mixers slamming their mixes thinking that's loud and that's Mm -hmm. part of this conversation to me is like I can make things really loud and clean and transparent and punchy Whereas mixers really 
to me, they butcher their mixes right at the end by slamming a limiter on it in hopes of impressing the client or label. Hmm. And so I am like wanting mixers because I've had a lot of mixers ask me, you know, where should I take my mixes? How loud should they be? My client wants them louder. They need to be loud. You know, I get so many people who send me a faux master and the mixers, they're not, they know it's like faux mastering. So that's like part of the the struggle here is like the mixers, they know this isn't mastering, which is a great thing that I feel like a lot of people have shifted back to like, at least that I work with where they're like, mastering is important, but I still don't quite understand it. And I don't know how to get my clients to essentially get off my back and trust that the mastering guy will make it loud. Mm -hmm. So there's just a whole bunch of confusion. And I think I want people to know, like, you can master, once again, your music as loud as you want it. And I don't want anyone to feel shame or guilt if your music gets turned down on Spotify because it's happening to everyone in the industry you know, outside of our conspiracy theory, which we can talk about later. <laughs> but <laughs> It's so good. It's but, so good. But as of now, it is accepted that every song will be adjusted, and we're mainly talking about Spotify here. You know, there's obviously Tidal and Apple Music and SoundCloud, and those are all different. And, you know, I want to recognize and follow up, like we all understand that there's a difference between platform to platform. But continually, Spotify seems to be the one that people want to know about, and that was what our listeners kept talking about. And also a lot of the critiquing had to do with Spotify. So I just wanted to clarify from last episode, my information that I told on on our episode came directly from Spotify. I talked to them personally in March of this year, and they told me that they do use the left system Negative 14 is their target, and they use replay gain to get your songs there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where a lot of the confusion has been coming from is that people responded and a lot of people out there are saying Spotify doesn't use the Luff system, they use replay gain. And the actual They're emphatically yelling it. Correct. And the actual answer is correct. They use replay gain to get them to an optimal target LUFS level. So if your song is too loud, then replay gain turns it down like a volume knob to fit into the LUFS, negative 14 currently. If it's Mm. too quiet, they use replay gain, and it's like a volume knob once again. Or like just imagine your headphones, you're clicking up on your earbuds to get it to around negative 14 LUFS. And their potential ceiling output is negative 1%. And if anybody has different information or if anybody works for Spotify here, that's just what I was told from Spotify specifically when I spoke with them about these topics. So I could potentially be totally wrong, uh, but that was straight from you know the horse's mouth, essentially. So I believe Spotify uses replay gain. I believe they use LUFS. And I don't think you have to master to their target LUFS because 99% of people seem to use normalization, so your song is going to get adjusted, and it will play back probably within a dB or two of every other song on Spotify. And the other thing within that is a lot of people are missing 
that perceived loudness drastically changes how your ear interprets what's loud and not. So Mm -hmm. there's a ton of top 40 songs that sound like they're playing back really loud, but they've just been mixed, I'll say, really well. And that spot between 1K and 5K where our ears really are most sensitive for the most part, that area is just freaking slammed and dialed in to where it will always sound louder than most amateur mixes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's another thing that kept coming up from that episode was, you know, people were saying like, this song's so much louder than this song. And then I would go meter and I'd be like, actually, this song is identical to this song. It's just, you know, perceived loudness once again. So Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff going on within loudness and LUFS that, you know, LUFS is hopefully, you know, the whole point is it point of it is that it, you know, helps us level out things more accurately than RMS because it's, it's so focused on what's, you know, we perceive as loud. But I just want... It's what they believe that we perceive correct. as Correct. Yes, exactly. Um, but I just want people to know, like, if, if you make something really loud and you like the way it sounds and your client likes it or you as the artist like it slammed, it can be turned down on Spotify and that's fine. It's not a penalty. It's not a shame thing. It's not a guilt thing. You shouldn't make your music more dynamic out of a fear of it being turned down because I believe, and I think you do too, Matt, like Spotify is going to be evolving, changing, and probably won't even be around, you know, in 10 years. <laughs> so like it's it's kind of being way blown out of proportion and I want people to focus on just making music that they like and they like the mm. way it sounds And for most people, that's really compressed, and that's fine. You know, like, I don't have an issue with it. If it sounds terrible, then that's another story. But, like, a lot of what I do is really smashed to death, but I think it sounds good still. And there's a way to remain, to keep things impactful, um, you know, to where people still like it. And then the other little side note I want to say, and then I'm going to hand it off to you, Matt, for your thoughts, is like, I think the consumer, because of the way our music has shifted, you know, they like stuff in your face and compressed, for the most part, over dynamics. Mm. I really believe that. And the and the only people to me, the loudest voices in the room or the loudest voices on the internet are older people that, for them, the golden era was when stuff was way more dynamic and they're just trying to force us back there and if you don't want to do it then you're doing it wrong or you're you know you don't know what you're doing you're not a professional and i think you know we're in a really interesting time in the industry where things have changed drastically we're in a digital era you know you can work on your laptop people are making music in you know, on their iPhone, like with a built-in microphone. Things are just so different. And I think people who have been in the industry for a long time, a lot of the, I'll say older guys, they're insecure and they don't want things to change. And the way they do that is by saying, well, your stuff's going to be turned down. It's not going to be as loud. It's not going to be good. And dynamics is actually good. And you're actually not good. And it's it's really that conversation is what I've seen over and over again. And 
that thought and opinion I just shared has come from a lot of our audience who have shared with me about basically them getting shamed for making loud music because they like the way it sounds from like mm-hmm. other guys in the industry who have been around forever. And that's just not great. Like you should be able to create music however you want. And if you want it to be slammed and loud, then that's fine. And if, you know, if you think that's stupid and that it should have dynamics, then you go make dynamic music. You know, it's like <laughs> why I don't make jazz. I love jazz. I'd listen to jazz all day long. So if you so have a jazz you album, you go ahead and send it my way. Right. I like to listen to like trap nonsense and like boy band pop. And that's a lot of what I work on. <laughs> so I just, I want people to feel free and I want to give everyone permission that like make the music how you want it. Stop worrying about Spotify or other platforms turning your music down because everybody's getting turned down. And eventually, I believe it's going to even out. I think the system's going to get better. The algorithms will get better. And it's all going to change probably by the end of the year anyway is what I'm hearing with levels. So, you know, it's 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 just gotten way blown out of proportion. And people are once again, as with most music, things in the industry they're worrying about the wrong thing like let's get back to like making great songs and stop worrying about if you're going to be penalized and your songs going to be turned down 3db on spotify like (laughs) that just doesn't that's just not what we should be focusing our energy on and is it important yes uh but is it the end all be all no and i think that's what you know a resounding echo of I had so many people respond to me out of fear of saying like, can I make it this loud? I like it this loud, but I'm going to be penalized if it's this loud. And, you know, I just want people to know it's not, you're not being penalized. You're, you're a part of the same rules that everybody has to follow currently. And I want people to create music how they, how they hear it. And if it's loud, then it's loud. If it's compressed, it's compressed. If it's dynamic, it's dynamic. And that is cool. Be yourself. That's what's really cool. And that's my opening riff. That's your monologue? That's my opening monologue. What are your thoughts, (laughs) Matthew, about loudness? (laughs) Did you ever used to watch, like, in high school and middle school? Like, I don't know. I... My whole life have always been I've always been plagued with sleeping problems, but mm. and they always had those infomercials on super late at night. Oh, Did I you ever used to watch those? Oh yeah. I'm obsessed yeah, yeah. with infomercials. So you know that Ron guy who would cook all those chickens? Yeah, the Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch those. <laughs> you get the free gloves that can like withstand five hundred degree heat when you buy it. That was one of my favorite infomercials of all time, the Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. Probably because it was on all the time. Yes. But it was terrible. It was at 3 in the morning, and you could taste everything this person was making. (laughs) They're probably somewhere on YouTube. Yes. And uh, I'm I'm just like, I'm soaking that in. Like, I never knew the name, the Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. Yeah, it's great. Rolls off the tongue really well. (laughs) Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. That's nine syllables, bro. (laughs) That's a, that's the worst marketing ever. Showtime for street class bringing it at three in the morning to middle schoolers. <laughs> Who knows? It may have sold it to our generation. Anyway, yes. what was the thing that he always said? Set it and forget it. That's it. That's my <laughs> thing on loudness. 
Set it and forget it. Get it to where you believe it is breathing the best and to where it is taking full freaking breaths. Yeah. And wherever that music feels most alive is where you should set it and forget it. Yeah. And that's literally my two cents on it. Um, we were inundated, and I, I want to say it was between 20 and 30 people who <laughs> reached out to us about that episode. Yeah. Um, there's other episodes we are going to be doing follow-ups on, but between 20 and 30 people reached out to us, some positive, some negative, some irate, some from industry people, and some from manufacturers, and um, and ironically, some people who... Um, could have their bottom line affected monetarily <laughs> if people listen to what we're saying. Yes. So it's very dangerous whatever. stuff we're talking about. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's a thing you have to you have to understand. Uh, something kind of funny. So uh, this is like this is a story within a story. So we'll come back out of the set it and forget it story. But first, <laughs> uh, one of the coaches at my gym just left. And uh, one of the guys who works for me went to the gym that this coach is now working at. And he's like, yeah, you can just cancel your subscription. And if you wanted to come here, you can. Um, but uh, – and the guy who works for me said, well, they said that I need 30 days in order to cancel it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, this guy who's the coach is like, well, you don't – really need 30 days that's just like that's just what they say like you can can't like they cancel stuff all the time yeah it's like they're just getting like another hundred bucks out of you and uh and the guy who works for me is like i don't really know how to believe and i was like who's the one who has nothing to lose the guy who's not putting money in his pocket by telling you what's going on yeah it's like whether you go to his gym or not doesn't really matter to you but the guy who's putting another hundred dollars subscript monthly subscription in his pocket is definitely benefiting from your extra 30 days, whether you go or not. Yeah. So I always find gyms so funny because you got to pay to lift up someone else's shit. So <laughs> <laughs> that's always like the most novel thing to me. <sighs> anyway, so that's like like when you have someone being like, oh, we'll discount what they're saying. And like, like this is obviously the way of the future. And we have Spotify and all this stuff behind us. And it's like, well, first of all, your bottom line is on the line. Right. And i.e. your wallet is on the line and it is financially beneficial for you for people to not listen to us. Right. And then you're like, oh, well, Spotify's essentially working with us and doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, so you have a guy who runs Spotify, who built uTorrent, Napster, and has never run, and now Spotify, which screws artists. <laughs> I.e., this man has never made an honest dollar in his life. Right. And you're now vetting for him. Right. It's like, this this really isn't sealing the deal for me. Yeah. Um, so, here's my whole stance on it. Um, uh, rotisseries and chickens aside. Uh, <laughs> I essentially created a statement that I really think uh, surrounds myself with what I believe uh, about this whole thing. Um, so I say pretty much anything that differs from the initial integrity of the art of an artist-approved master is not the original intent of the artist. 
So if you're turning the level up and down and if you're doing all this crazy stuff to it, that's obviously not the intent of the artist. Right. And I understand some stuff is crazy and uh, you're going to have some formatting and whatnot whenever you're going onto certain platforms. But the moment that someone besides the artist tells you how to listen to the artist's music is when I start to have a problem. Yeah. And there's just a little bit of that, at least to me, if not a lot, that's inherently wrong. Yeah. And it's like, once again, you're saying that you are listening to this art the wrong way. Let me go ahead and attenuate that for you. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) I'm not pro loudness. I'm not pro dynamic. I'm pro music. I'm pro art. Yeah. And I'm pro whatever the hell makes the art sound the best is what I want. And right around when the last episode aired, I did an Instagram story, and holy shit did I get a lot of reaction. <laughs> it was uh, essentially, it was a hashtag, take control of your music. And I was showing people through uh, that screen grab thing you can do on iPhones, how to turn normalization off on your phone. Yeah. And it's like, worst case scenario, you got to turn your music up and down. Right. <laughs> but it's like, but at least you get to hear kind of what the artist wanted to before the spot before Spotify's algorithm and whatnot changes right how stuff sounds because even if you put it through, it still sounds different, yeah, just because of how they're encoding it but, right I agree um I mean people can say no, but it's like whatever, I don't care, it's what I think and <laughs> right <laughs> you you can either disagree or agree it's the best part about being a human right um I think it changes something and I think it'd be cool if one day we could get to a place to where we are capable of streaming high-res music and um, artists aren't getting screwed for stuff. But, I mean, who knows? One day. Um, But what I am saying now as a mastering engineer is that it is okay to be loud if you want to be loud. I will warn you as a professional that if you are going too loud and if you want me to push this to minus three... I'm going to, and it's smashed and you wanted it to push to minus five, I'm going to tell you, you are going to lose this much more of content. Yeah. And at some point, you're no longer making this better. Yeah. And so it just, there's a little bit of a give and a take there as well. So, but I understand if you have like a super heavy song, you're going to want to hear it loud. Right. At least nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um... But also, if you have like a metal song that has a lot of low end in it, you're gonna jump up uh, on not not even uh, Luff's meters. You're gonna jump up RMS wise, stupid high, really freaking quick. Right. Um, unless you really control that low end, and I mean that's just how it is. I just finished up a master for a guy who found out about me through this podcast, which I can't thank him enough for trusting me. And uh, <clears throat> one of the difficulties with the two songs that he submitted, um, one was kind of bright and heavy and not a, not a lot of low end, and then the other was kind of like a ballad almost. Yeah. Um, not, I don't want to say like a rock ballad because you start thinking of like, every rose has its... Th-. Like, not, well, not, <laughs> not that. <laughs> but like, it was just kind of more of like a ballad. Yeah. But in like a rocky sense. And it had like a decent amount of low end. And it like the low end really held the song together. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. And uh but because of that, 
on RMS meters, it was very difficult to get those two songs to really line up, and they wanted those two songs uh, so they could take them to local venues and whatnot. And it's like, well, they're going to hear a really heavy song that's quiet and a really quiet song that's at least intended to be quiet that's loud. Yeah. So it's like, I understand there is a balance there, and it's finding that, but that's the importance of a mastering engineer. And they understand that. They can help you find that out. But in general... In most cases, it's okay to be loud if you want to be loud. And if you want to be quiet, be quiet. I finished up an album, I want to say, in July, launched in August by a band. And they, like, I I told them, I was like, listen, this this music isn't really wanting to be loud. It's wanting to be, like, it's wanting to remain dynamic. Yeah. And everything, I think, like, an average RMS, I think, was minus 8.5. Yeah. And that, for me, is a little bit quiet, but yeah. that's fine. Um, so I don't know. I just say feel it out and just bounce it off the artist and be like, hey, what are you feeling with this? Right. Are you trying to compete against somebody? Are you trying to make this better or sound louder than John Mayer's album? Yeah. If so, we can do that. Right. But just know what's going to happen because of that. And right. I think as a professional, you should be educating your clients on that, and you should be having that communication. Yeah. So I think... All stories aside, I think that's where I come from on all of this. Yeah. I agree. I mean, and also, Matt and I fully understand what RMS is and LUFS is, (laughs) just for people listening. And, like, we, Matt and I both use RMS and LUFS, and I still... And this is part of the disagreements that a lot of people said. Like, I still like use, using RMS. And I don't shoot for target LUFS. But I enjoy RMS metering still better over doing LUFS. And that's just personal <laughs> preference. I, I, think, I think the only time that I use LUFS these days is when I'm like, huh, wonder where this rings up. Yeah. And then I pull it up and I'm like, ooh, that's going to suck. <laughs> and then I go back to RMS right. because I really don't, in all honesty, with the current state of LUFS and what I said earlier about the LUFS system, yeah. I really could not care less right. about the LUFS system. Yeah. And I will meter it and I will look at it. And there's funny, there's this guy I follow on Instagram. He is one of those like expensive uh, LUFS meters. It's like a... It's a screen, and it has that thing that, like, goes in a circle, and it the shows you TC your... Electronic. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has that. And I think it's really funny because it always shows, like, his luffs, and it always says, like... I don't even know why he has it. Right. It just says on his... Like, he'll post stories about it. that it's, like, minus two luffs. Right. It's like, why do you even own this? I know. So, I don't know. I find it... I find it hilarious. I don't use luffs. I I don't meter with it. I will see where I am with it, but in terms of me caring about it, not one iota. Right. It's I am going to serve the music, and I am not going to serve the distributor. Right. I'm going to serve the artist, and I'm not going to serve the person who's starving the artist. Yeah. So, and that's how I Dang, that was good right there. I'm just going to drop this mic right here, and I think the podcast is That was it, dude. What you just said, those two sentences... (laughs) Matt, you're cooking. You got goosebumps over there in yeah. Nashville, Sam. I just heard that. I was like, hey, he's got a t-shirt. I'm gonna put that on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you better put that Merch online somewhere. 
Merch coming out soon. Get yourself some likes. <laughs> I don't need no likes. <laughs> Man, that was good. The truth is the truth. You just blew my mind with that statement. Can you More say that come. again? Do you even remember what you just said? <laughs> not really. <laughs> Something about it, you. No, but yeah, you're it, making music for the artist and not the distributor. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's brilliant. Well, you, remember why you're doing this. Right. You're, with Luffs, what are you doing? You're not serving the artist. Right. You're serving the distributor. Yeah. And by using that, at least in my mind, I'm not telling you what to do. This is just how I think. Right. And I'm an idiot, so don't listen to me. <laughs> but it's, I want to serve the artist, not the distributor. You're yeah. asking who's using it, and I'm telling you. So I want to serve the artist, not the distributor. The distributor essentially, in most cases, at least these days, is robbing the artist. They are starving the artist. They are the reason that artists aren't getting paid. I, uh, there's right. a great band, um, and I mastered their album in May. Uh, they're called Human Resources. They're out of Charleston. Fantastic band, like super crazy album, and just in a genre that I don't know if it exists. Like it's just, it's just like a pop dance album, and like super airy vocals and just really really cool. Yeah. So on their album, they have like on or on Spotify, they have on Spotify alone, they have two hundred thousand downloads, and this album, like an indie band just from Charleston. Yeah. And they don't, I think maybe they toured a couple places, not a lot, but like 200,000 downloads on an album. That's crazy for like a little indie band. That right. Not, I don't think, I don't know how many people have heard of them, but in, call it 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, they would have had a lot of money from that. Right. So in, just in terms of distributors screwing people, that's like... They're looking right down the barrel. Everyone here is looking down the barrel. Right. So it's like there's a new thing that will come eventually. Yeah. It's just when will it come? Right. So that's what I was going to say. They would have had a lot more money about 15 years ago. <laughs> right. So, but the only real the only real big hope is like for an artist is not that you get tons of plays. It's like it, it's more people coming to shows, ticket sales, merch sales. Right. I mean... It's more now you have to spend more money to make less money. Yeah. So it is what it is. I love music. I want to serve the artist. And well, we'll see how it goes. Let's talk about the conspiracy part. Can we play, like, do we need the license to play the Twilight Zone theme right here? Mm, probably. So we're <laughs> we not going to play that, that, but I'll, I'll put something in here. <laughs> Just do what, uh, what is it, Vanilla Ice did to uh, that Queen song. Just add an extra note. He got away with that? I think he got away with that. Well, good I don't on know. Him. Good for him. If he did, it, so, someone <laughs> chime in. Let us know. Yeah, someone let us know that. about Vanilla Ice and if he got away with stealing a song. <laughs> I mean, Sam, if it like if it doesn't work out, you can just go have your own show on HGTV. I'll do that. I love HGTV. So, <clears throat> well, yeah. Or no, he's on DIY. I don't know. Do you know Vanilla Ice has a home redecorating show? Yes, I actually do know that, and I've seen it. And I was totally spacing while you were talking about it, because I was just thinking about (laughs) me being on HGTV, and I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun. I would love that. Because I do, I did remodel my house, and I like that. (laughs) So I was thinking, hmm, that could be doable. (laughs) Not a bad transition. Not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, conspiracy theory. So... Probably about, I don't know, f- 
five or five to ten people have mentioned over this past year that they think certain artists or label releases get a free pass or a hall pass, meaning it bypasses the algorithm and normalization that may be happening. So essentially, a large A-list artist whose album is slammed actually plays back louder because Spotify is allowing it to play back louder than everybody else's release because there's something happening behind closed doors somewhere. Probably money exchanged. And I actually noticed this. I don't know. We've talked about it before, Matt. I think I said this in the... I I don't know. I might have been too, like, put off by it to talk about it. But it is something that I do believe in. And I have brought it up to you. Yeah. Of, like... I can't remember when we started talking about it. Well, because if you think about it, there's no way that the guy who masters... John Mayer's albums yeah. is going to be like, I think it's, is it Greg Calby who does it mostly? Oh, I don't know. Not sure. Maybe. I've been watching a lot of stuff on him. He's a really cool dude. But it's like, he's not like, I don't think he's worried about Luffs and checking all of that stuff. We should have him on. We should reach out to Greg. We should. Whenever you're not mastering 7,000 records in a day, <laughs> we got to have you on. Yes. But it's like, He's not really worrying about it. No. And and he's not caring. He's going to get it. And I've, I've heard him in interviews. He's going to get the music to where it sounds like he can no longer, like, there's nothing that he can do that will positively affect that music anymore. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about Luffs. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, with that said, whether John Mayer's album is at, well, It'd be interesting to meter it. Yeah. And call it that it's at minus seven. Yeah. And Spotify says that it's going to take it down to X number of decibels and put it back. They're not going to do that to someone like him. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's not a fair playing field. And you want, like, one way how you can tell that it's not a fair playing field? This is not Spotify, but you look at what happened since our last, since we did this episode last. You had it that title was fudging all of its numbers right. by like a crazy exponent. Yep. And they're saying they have way more plays than they do and everything. Yep. And what was also weird is you had Drake's album was the number one album listened to on Spotify. Right. I think over the summer. And then a good friend of mine who was my roommate in college, he, uh, my two roommates and I, we have a text message chat. And he was saying, uh, who, who he does not pay for Spotify. Yeah. And he was saying, so every other song that I play from this album that you mastered that you told me to listen to is a Drake song. <laughs> How weird is that? That's super weird. And Drake's song is the number, or Jake's album is the number one played album on Spotify, at least for this summer. I don't know when he released it. Yeah. Um, but it was like sometime since we last did this episode. Yeah, it was a couple, and he's a few like, months ago, I think. Yeah, and he's like, seriously, I'm trying to listen to this album that you mastered, and every other song is a song from that album that Drake put out. Right. So it's just like there's there's weird enough stuff happening. Yep. That 
people should be asking questions. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. And if, 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 if I go, if this episode goes live and I go missing, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a coincidence. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, I started kind of noticing it. I don't know when that was. I feel like it was maybe almost like a year ago we have talk, started talking about this. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I think this song is playing back louder, but it's more smashed because my I was metering a ton of stuff when I was really getting into, like, LUFS and, like, is it really playing back louder or quieter and, you know, how's the output changing and all this and is it changing, you know, actual dynamic range and RMS and all that. And there were multiple times where I would A, B songs and songs that should have been turned down were playing back louder, like having more of an output. So, like, say it was peaking at negative three, you know, as the output of Spotify supposedly goes up to negative one is what I was told. And I could be totally wrong on that, strictly what I was told. I've never seen a song get up to negative one. And this is obviously with normalization on. Um, mm-hmm. But then some more dynamic songs like peaking at like negative six, you know, or negative seven. And it just doesn't make sense. And I, I just had last week a client, or not a client, more of a, I guess I'll call him a peer. Like he masters and he did a, a CCM album and they were going for it to sound the best and they were doing the lefts thing and they did, uh, you know, loudness penalty to see how much it would be turned down and kind of messed with that. And then they uploaded it and once it was on Spotify, it was quiet. And he was like, I don't know what the heck happened, but he's like, it's definitely quieter and it, you know, it it's way below. It should have been louder based on, you know, how it should have been turned down. And then he said he A-B'd against, you know, a couple different other CCM artist stuff that was way more compressed and, like, absolutely slammed, like, negative four. And it was playing back louder. And it wasn't, this wasn't a perceived loudness thing. Like, he metered it, I metered it, he showed me it. And it was, like, it genuinely, this release from a major label compared to his release, which he does some major label stuff, but this was an Mm. independent, like, church that hired him. It was playing back like almost five dB softer hmm. <laughs> compared to this major label CCM release that should have been penalized, you know, or turned down almost seven dB. So I have, I myself have seen this happen. So, like, the conspiracy thing to me, I don't know if I can fully buy into the conspiracy other than the algorithm may have inconsistencies, but. I have found, even with some of, I mean, Matt, you and I talked about some of the label work I've done where it's been slammed is playing back louder <clears throat> than some of my other releases that should be playing back louder. Like, I've noticed that. Oh, you've told me that, like, you had a label, and I think we said it on the Brad Blackwood episode, that you had a label tell you a specific RMS. Yes, they did. Like, minus four. Yeah, that's what they told me. So... I don't know what's going on, but there's definitely either some inconsistencies within the algorithm or there is some sort of behind closed doors labels are paying to have their music slide through the algorithm or something. 
And well, what is it? Fifteen percent of Spotify is owned by labels. Yeah, could be more, could be less. Plus yeah, I can't remember what now. we said on that. <clears throat> we talked about it before, but yeah, I mean, major yeah. labels own part of Spotify, and obviously, Spotify can only survive with labels because they have to get all their music <laughs> licensed from them, essentially, to be able to play it on Spotify. So, you know, I definitely think there's something going on with the playback and the loudness, and I don't quite have enough evidence to really put anything out, but, you know, we had, I've had multiple people mention the same thing. They've metered it. They've, you know, correctly imported the songs, bought the songs, AB'd the songs to death, you know, and and there's some definite differences happening, and that, to me, is just, like, so interesting. <laughs> That, that there's something happening beyond mm. it. So I would love to hear if you guys, you know, our audience listening, if there's more people who have noticed this, you know, direct message us, email us, or if you've never even thought about it, go meter some stuff, major label versus indie stuff. Just spend like an hour if you want to nerd out and just see what comes up. Um, and this is obviously, once again, with normalization on, and I'm speaking just about Spotify specific right now. Mm. Um, I mean, when you talk about anything normalization, they are the player. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like you can you can come back and play the petty card of like, oh well, it's not like this with title or Apple Music. Right. Like, no one uses those. Come on, <laughs> go on Spotify, and like, this is the major player. Yeah, I mean, there's. So, I think I you know a lot of people do use Apple Music, and it's growing, but. I I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Spotify is always what gets brought up. When people think of streaming, they think of Spotify. Just like when they think of ride sharing, they think of Uber first, you know. Yeah. I have a buddy who works for Lyft who, you know, Lyft and Uber are obviously competitors. He works for Lyft corporate like in the analysis area. And he said this really interesting thing once where he was like he's like I want Uber to succeed because when people think of ride-sharing, they only think of Uber, and then they associate Uber with Lyft. So he was like, I need Uber to perform well and help show that Uber's safe and that, you know, that was when they were going through a bunch of, like, uh, Hmm. women issues, you know, women being violated and stuff. And he was like, I need Uber to, like, redeem themselves and come out, you know, with a new marketing campaign so then Lyft will be associated as, like, safe and good again. And that to me is kind of like the same thing of like when you talk about streaming, you're talking about Spotify and like everybody else needs Spotify to get their crap together because people project that Spotify, you know, is robbing their artists. So then people think, well, Apple Music must be doing it. Tidal must be doing it. Everybody must, Pandora must be doing it. And that to me, like, you know, what you're saying Pretty much everybody cares about Spotify, you know. I was just, I posted this past week, only in Nashville, on the corners of different streets, there is a Spotify promotion phone number, like Hmm. a call-in number, to call probably some shady company to get your music, you know, promoted via playlist on Spotify. But Hmm. I just thought that was so funny. I had never seen it, but this past week, when I was driving across town so wild you know instead of like a garage sale sign or like a business sign it was need spotify Get promotion your music heard yeah that's yeah. what it was so it's definitely you know spotify to me is the main 
the main thing that comes up in the conversation. It's what everybody who responded to me, no one asked about anything other than Spotify, which is interesting. No one talked about Tidal, Apple Music, SoundCloud. All our hate, I'll say hater, well, hater's a strong word, disagreement, which is fine, all had to do with Spotify. Um, And so, yeah, I think think there's something going on, and uh, I would love if our audience would interact and and see if they can figure something out and maybe we can put something together and, and then share it with everyone. So yeah, that's my thoughts on the conspiracy theory. And then you said that you had a friend who went on to that whole, uh, loudness penalty website. Yeah. And you had a, he had an interesting experience on it. Yeah. I mean the, the loudness penalty thing to me, you know, my buddy followed it and it said his music, you know, was originally pretty compressed and it was going to be turned down 7 dB. So he went to his masters and he just did a minus 7 dB on the gain, um, thinking, you know, uploading it and then showing that 0 dB would change. And then he uploaded it and his master was just one of the most quiet masters he's ever uploaded. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like I can't speak into the into the loudness penalty. It's super popular, and I think people are still confused about it. Um, and I once again, like you said, like we we serve the artist and not the distributor. And I want to circle back to like the beginning of like it's. I don't enjoy the word penalty. I don't enjoy anything mm-hmm. that surrounds that because. It's all fear-mongering. It's all fear-based, and I don't want people to be scared to make their music more compressed or, you know, how they want it because their music may or may not be turned down by a certain amount at this current stage when Spotify's changed their playback, like, four times in the last two years. So I just think, you know... These are all tools that can be helpful to help us understand and help give clarity, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that's what I want people to hear too. Like with the loudness penalty thing, it's bringing awareness and clarity to like something is happening. Like I'm I'm glad people are having the conversation. I'm having more and more clients get involved and talk about it. Um, the one pushback or negative thing I'm seeing is because of plugins and LEFS and you know, a loudness penalty thing and labels like the accessibility to measuring things has made people who don't really understand it um, give me numbers, you know, that they want to go for when, yeah. you know, in reality, that's not what will best serve the mix or master. Or a lot of times if I did what they said, they would hate it. You know, I've done that. And they're like, well, that's too quiet. And I'm like, well, that's what you asked for. <laughs> Why <laughs> like, would I want this? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's what you asked me for. Or, you know, even more so, like I'll have mixers give me their mixes and be like, I want it at this, you know, target level. And I'm like, well, your mix is already beyond that by 5 dB. <laughs> so what would you like me to do? You I know? have had this. Yes. And that's really consistent. And it's not, you know, I think that's part of this conversation is like almost every mix I get is already beyond any of the yes. optimal playbacks, you know? Yes. And that, I want people to hear, is fine. <clears throat> like, all my mixers who I work with, keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. It like, sounds good. Yeah, it's not an issue. I don't have an issue with it. The only issues I ever have is when I can hear, you know, audible distortion, 
And the main thing about that is just, it's just going to get worse as I touch it. So I can't really do my job. So it's like, why are you paying me when I'm just, you know, I don't feel like I'm improving the music. That's, to me, you know, I think part of this discussion is, and we can get into what we want to talk about, high-end, like the high-end frequencies distorting. Yeah. Noticing that more on, on people's music. Is like, I don't have an issue with slammed music other than most of the time people are doing it so poorly that it's just distorting. And when things mm-hmm. are distorting, that doesn't sound good. Slammed music, to me, can be done very clean, and I do it. Like, I can make things super loud and not distort. And I mm-hmm. think it sounds good. I think part of the loudness <coughs> war and part of the issue, you know, the whole Metallica album that kind of really set everybody on fire about loudness you know, part of the reason why that album is hard to listen to is because it's distorting, you know, and it mm-hmm. was like, if it would have had like a negative one ceiling or someone would have just backed off clipping, you still could have gotten it slammed like to death, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to me, that's part of this conversation is like loudness and super compressed music isn't bad necessarily but it is bad when it's distorting and people think it hurts their ears, you know. But I don't think people are complaining that it hurts their ears because it's super compressed. They're complaining because somebody doesn't actually know how to make things loud without it just clipping and distorting, you know, in their digital or within the mastering stage. They're clipping too hard and now all the top end is just crackling the whole time. Um, And I think that, you know, that needs to be said... And that needs to be part of this conversation is like distortion can be good. Distortion can be bad. But, you know, I like Travis Scott's stuff. Travis Scott's albums, you know, it's rap, it's trap. It distorts. Mike Dean, who does it, I adore his work. He purposely does it. Every time he puts out an album, people are like, it's distorting, it's crackling. And his response is always, correct, I did it intentionally. Like, it's part of the style. He's like, it's the Neve console that I summon to. He's like, it's supposed to be there. And every time, people have a heyday with it, but all his albums, like, go number one, you know, and they do great. And they have a vibe and an energy. And he's been he's been crushing, slamming albums, you know, for 15 years. Like, doing just uber loud, where people would be like, this is this is too compressed, this is too slammed. And it just fits, you know, it's the vibe. It's, it works and people like it and people buy the music or they listen to it and stream it. And I think that's the thing. Like I just, I want people to know there's a difference between distortion, you know, and then there's, there's distortion and then there's just compressed clean music. And mm-hmm. that needs to be distinguished when we're talking about loudness. Loudness doesn't mean distortion. And I think that's... Yeah. Those things have been lumped together where people think, oh, if it's over-compressed, then it's distorting. No, you can oh, you can super-compress something and it be clean as can be and not distorting anywhere. And most of that distortion comes from, you know, the converting from a mm-hmm. WAV file to streaming or MP3. That's why we have Master for iTunes versions, like, so it doesn't distort and clip in theory, <laughs> even though... Apple's kind of like, clips. anything goes. We just would suggest you do a negative one output. And people mm-hmm. are like, cool, so zero, zero. And they're like, sure, that's fine. But 
you know, negative one would be nice. It's literally like, that's how like the manual reads for Master for iTunes. It's like, they don't... It's pretty lax. Yeah, they're like, you can still get Master for iTunes if you don't follow this guideline of negative one, but we suggest you follow negative one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, no one's going to follow that. So for as hard as it is to get, it's pretty, like, or not, it's not hard to get. It's just yeah. hard to figure out who to talk to. Right, yeah. But... So, yeah, I mean, I think... You know, I just wanted to talk about that because we had, I had people bring that up too of, you know, confusing distortion with compression. You can have a dynamic song that's distorting the whole time, <laughs> you know, if you've yeah. mixed it poorly or you've, you're hitting some tape or console piece of gear, like you can have distortion on a uber dynamic song still, you know, if something's too saturated or whatever. Um, and yeah, so, a question I posed. A question I posed to you at the beginning of this, uh, when we were talking before we started recording, is uh, something also that I posted into uh, a mastering forum. Is and I guess I'll pose it to everyone else, but it might be a trend or something. But I'll always double check to make sure it's intentional. Um, is high end distortion and even like distortion in general now a like a fad? Like yeah. Is it like, is it something that like, it's what artists are requesting for? And I'm seeing it more in indie stuff than I am for anything like mainstream. I'm mainly seeing it with like indie stuff, but like you have the high end distortion where like the S's turn right. into F's because yeah. they're crushed so hard. Yeah. Or, and it's just like, all right. And people are cool with it. And I'm not hearing a lot of music before what I was getting in. Yeah. That was doing it. But if that's what people like, then that's what people like. Yeah. And that's fine, but I will always double check on distortion. Be like, hey, just want to make sure that this was intentional. And I did that with uh, a band that's currently in the revision phase with me. And they're like, yep, all that's meant to be there. Right. I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no problem. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah that I mean, that was that question. Yeah. I notice more top end distortion now, you know, than ever before. I think it's a lot of it has to do because it's so tangible. Like, top-end distortion is usually a little more fatiguing than low-end distortion. Mm -hmm. um, but I notice, I feel like stuff is becoming more sibilant. You know, I was talking about this pop song earlier with mm -hmm. you that I was working yeah. on, where, like, if you listen to top 40, especially female top 40 pop songs, the S's are just flying, like, ripping your head off, you know, on monitors... And I started mixing this pop song for an L.A. artist this past week, and she, the producer, everybody label, wanted it to sound like, you know, another Top 40, a Halsey song, where the sibilance to me is, like, out of control, you know, but once again, it's it sold millions and millions of copies, so what do I know, obviously? <laughs> but it, you know, I didn't use a de on the whole mix, and it fit the vibe and they like it and they feel like I did a good job with it. But it's to me like the S's are, you know, kind of breaking up and they're kind of piercing. And I think part of, you know, my thoughts and I shared them with you, Matt, is this is strictly my opinion is because people are consuming on, you know, earbuds and things like that. When I go to my earbuds, I don't even really hear the S's, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're tamed. They sound bright and like exciting in earbuds. Then when I put them on my monitors or like a decent system, they sound really kind of pokey. Um, 
But I think to me, I've noticed a trend of high end distortion, and I think it's based because of cheaper speakers don't recreate top end really well just because of their frequency range usually, and the drivers don't, you know, they they lack top end. And I think we have a lot of people who are just cranking the top end, you know, people who are mixing and mastering because the client's saying, hey, in my earbuds or on my iPhone, it sounds dull, you know, mm-hmm. can you do the top end? And I get, I got that comment for a while, and then I just started, you know, once again, I noticed it. So, like, I just started putting shelves on everything, and then all my clients were like, this is exciting, it's awesome, sounds great on earbuds. <laughs> and it's like, cool, that's fine, you know, and it's, and once again, you know, the pushback would be, oh, don't master for your earbuds, but it's like, it's where the consumer is listening to it, you know, mm-hmm. 80%, I think it is, 90%. People listen to their music on their phone or earbuds and or in the car is still a big one, which usually car systems are pretty terrible. Um, or they're really hi-fi now. And I swear, like, newer cars have some sort of magic exciter on them, which I would like that in a rack mount. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, new Hondas and, like, Mercedes-Benz, all those like last three years and up or four years, they all have these incredible to me, like excitement in their systems. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like I've noticed a lot more top end distortion, you know, when I'm listening in my studio, but once I get out into the, I'll say real world where most people consume music, it kind of goes away and it actually makes music sound exciting in earbuds. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I think you can make things still not distort, and be exciting in earbuds. I think that's doable. But I do feel like I've noticed a trend. You know, mixes are coming in brighter than they did three or four years ago. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a direct response to, you know, how people are consuming music via streaming and then via earbuds. You know, that's a variable. And it's not really any different than how people used to master for vinyl, you know, and rip out the low end. Because mm-hmm. vinyl couldn't handle it and still can't handle it. You know, that's just the medium of vinyl um, for the most part, unless you're doing like, you know, double disc or like super thick vinyl, or you're doing less songs to allow for more bass um, or more sides. Yeah, whatever you want to do to manipulate vinyl if you want more low end. But I think that's, you know, I see so many people talking about within loudness of like, you shouldn't master for the earbuds, you know, make it sound great. If it sounds great on your monitors, then it'll sound great everywhere. Like if it's really mixed great, it'll sound great everywhere, which I do agree. But I think there's a part where once again, serving the client or the label or whoever's cutting your check, if you want to stay in business, like if they want, if they know their audience is going to be in earbuds and it needs to sound exciting in earbuds, then you should probably, you know, mix slash master your music to how your consumer is going to have it. Knowing that mm-hmm. in 20 years, it's going to change. It'll probably just be embedded in your brain. And like, <laughs> you won't have to have headphones, you know. It'll just be in your brain somewhere. Head. and Your head will be the phone. You'll get to change between monitors and headphones in your head. You know, it'll all be virtual emulations. <laughs> So, you know, I don't know if that's actually happening. I'm just projecting (laughs) my thoughts, but... We'll see. Yeah, so I do notice distortion. I notice top end being brighter. 
I don't necessarily know if it has to do with loudness as it does so much with, um, you know, the way people are listening to the music and the way they want it to sound mm-hmm. based on that. So that's my thoughts, strictly my opinion, you know, on all that. I haven't done, like, analytical research and tested everybody on why they do that, but those are my thoughts. I mean, and to a degree, like, we'll never know right. everything. But I, th- I, think, I think the most important takeaway is... For people who are in that <clears throat> in that panic that at least I was in, say, January until perhaps May, um, about, like, loudness and, oh, well, I'm not hitting minus 14 lofts and all that stuff, and just master it. Like, right. Until it feels good. Right. And don't worry about the level. I mean, and, and obviously it's like, don't go freaking crazy because you're going to hit a point to where you're going to be do, doing more damage than good. Right. But, <clears throat> I mean, if you are a professional or you're operating in a professional realm, then just keep turning out the same sick professional product you have been turning out and right. don't worry about what everyone's saying. Exactly. Spotify will not be around. It's like... If you if you were gonna say in the nineteen nineties that like Kodak's not gonna be a, be around one day, right. I think it was like nineteen ninety nine they went out of business, and it's like I don't know why they didn't just make a digital camera that would have made a lot more sense. But uh, <laughs> I I mean you no one would have believed you in in nineteen ninety that Kodak would not be around. But I mean Spotify will not be around forever. It's it's a shady company. Right. Um, I think there's a better way to, and I said this in the earlier episode, I think there's a better way to do normalization than we are right now. If you want to hear why I think the system is flawed, go listen to that episode. Not saying that I am right. I had a lot of people be like, you are wrong. And be like, well, remember that time I asked for your opinion? <clears throat> Me either. So it's what, it's, what one, it's, it's what one person thinks. Damn my business, not Sam's. Um, I think that, it was damned from the day that it was created, but I think it had good intent, but it was intended for a smaller population than where it is now, and it was tested on a smaller population of people. And I think the means by which it was tested would serve as only but a good control group, Um, i.e. they were all tested in laboratories. So I think there's a better way to do everything. I think there's a better way to go about it, and I think there's a better way to test in order to achieve at least some iota of an idea of this is how we believe people perceive sound. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to say that for everybody, but in the way that I ended that episode, I said, if normalization is the future, let's not half-ass it. Right. And I think that's even where I stand today. I don't think that... I don't think that altering artists' music, uh, turning the volume up or down, and all that stuff, and like, like some, and 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 even on, uh, you'd even hear some people say, "Well, if I'm below the Luff's target, it'll get turned up." No, you don't get turned up. You just stay quiet. Yeah. Well, if I'm above it, I'm gonna get turned down. You probably will get turned down. Right. But I'll tell you right now, I put out a song at minus five, and it sounds great. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you do whatever you need to do, and I wouldn't worry about it. Right. 
So, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna have so many people reaching out to me, be like, "You jerk!" and th- this is not correct, and this right. is what I've been doing. And if you are doing stuff with Luffs right now, and it is giving you a really good product, keep freaking doing that, right? Because who gives a shit what I say, right? Like, screw RMS, screwed all that. Do Luffs if if that's what's working for you right now, and right. you're getting an insane like product for your client and your client base is happy and they are like as i said in the marketing episode like one of the last kpis or key performance indicators for if you're doing a good job is if you have return clientele if you have return clientele and you're doing the love system and it feels good to you and everyone's driving and you got like a whole little like market you got like an in why should you change don't listen to some schmuck on a podcast right there's there's no there's no need for you to change right. on any podcast. Do you? <laughs> Don't listen to some yeah, schmuck. Yeah, on any podcast, not just me. I'm just one schmuck. <laughs> just uh just just freaking own it. Right. And stop worrying about it and just like I I said this on a I think I don't even know if this podcast is aired yet, but I said this on a podcast that'll probably be airing by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> but it's like who gives a shit? Just like just do what you are going to do and just make it sound good. And if you have returned clients, then who cares? Right. It's like, don't let some loudness penalty website guilt you into that you're not serving the music and you're not serving the artist. Right. Don't let some like weird plugins tell you that this is how your music should ring up and this is what's going to happen. And this is, it's just this big old fat brick that no one's going to like. And, it's just like who cares, right? Like do it, like like freaking serve the artist and just shut up and just keep doing that and keep your head down and be really good at what you're doing and love what you do and love your clients and take care of them and that's it, right? So I agree. Serve your clients, not the distributors. Absolutely, because that's all you're really doing if you're like worrying about oh well this is going to get turned down. It's like well you're not serving the music then, right? So, but if if you are doing that and it's serving you well, then go ahead and do that. Right. Now, there are people, and I have seen on forums, and we're like super long into this. (laughs) There are things where I have seen some mastering engineers, they'll print multiple masters. Right. And it's like, if you have a 15-song album, and you're printing something, you're printing something for, let's just do round numbers. Let's say you have a 10-song album, and you're printing... Uh, a Spotify master, you're printing a CD master, and you're doing a vinyl master, and let's say you're doing a TV master. That's 40 freaking tracks, bro. Right, right. That's not, I mean, like, that's not even including instrumentals. You want to throw in instrumentals, that's 50 tracks. Right. That's like, you got nothing left of your week after Right. That. It's like you did five albums. So, yeah, it's like I don't know how I don't know how they do it. Perhaps like something like like Wave Lab or something has like one of those magic buttons that you can push and yeah, it'll just pop all that stuff out for you. But I haven't found it yet. Yeah. So, but like I said, and I'm not saying I'm right. Serve the music, serve the client, love the client, love the music, and just do you. Right. And so long as you have re- like return business is your KPI. Yep. That is your key performance indicator. If you have business coming back and they like what you're doing. Then just keep doing it. Right. So Fully I think agree. that's all I have to say on it, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, just to finalize, like, 
this is strictly our opinion too. <laughs> like all of this is yeah. our opinion and you know obviously Matt and I care about levels and things on a certain level. Like obviously that's a given. But um, there has to be some sort of knowledge and understanding of how mastering works to even do mastering. Yeah. And I think that's what I want to make sure, you know, people hear, because I feel like we had responses last time. It's like, yes, given, you know, <clears throat> contextually speaking, levels matter, but in the big picture, what we're talking about with this situation, just like Matt said, like, you're free to create and make whatever you want. And if your clients dig it, the artist digs it, then keep doing that and stop mm -hmm. worrying about you know, where it lands. And, you know, if you don't like the way it sounds sonically, that's a whole different conversation, you know. Yeah. But if everybody's digging it, you like it, it represents you, you're proud of it, your artist likes it, your client likes it, then put it out and stop worrying about all the numbers, you know, like Matt was saying. So I just want to make sure people hear that, like, on a foundational level, Matt and I care and nerd out all the time about, like, super nerdy level things and like the fundamentals oh, yeah. of audio and <clears throat> sonics and the importance of it and foundational things that everyone should probably know, you know, in order to make a great, you know, what we've as a, as a society has, you know, called a good sounding album, which is a moving target. But yeah, I mean, just because like Sam and I don't talk about gear on the show doesn't mean we don't nerd out right. about gear. Yeah. And it's like, I, there's like three people that I'm messaging right now and all we talk about is gear. Right. It's like, it's a cool thing to talk about. Yeah. I get it. But it's like, we don't need, like, the, we don't need another gear podcast. It's right. Like, it's just not necessary. Right. So, so I just want to put that as a disclaimer because I, you know, I feel like as we do more and more episodes and it grows in popularity, which is amazing, like, thank you everyone who listens. Yes. Matt and I care and do practice, I'll say, normal fundamental audio things that make great music. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's just so much a moving target and it's changing so much. And I just want people to hear that, like, make your own music, make it great. And that's it. That's all you need to worry about. Don't worry about LUFs or RMS or penalties, or getting turned down or turned up, or replay gains. Stop wasting hours on that. Unless you just are curious, then go ahead and do it. Like, I was curious about it, but it wasn't stressing me out. You know, it mm -hmm. stressed me out for maybe, like, a day, and then I was like... Oh, dude, you I know had, what? like, this a four-month is... anxiety <laughs> thing over it. Yeah, I just... Like, I was, I was losing sleep. My... And well, it was like, it was all leading up to and around when we did that podcast. Yeah. Because I'm like, <clears throat> it circled back to like, am I no longer serving the artist? Right. Because I'm worrying. Exactly. Or, I'm sorry. Am I no longer serving the artist because like, I'm not putting their stuff at this level? Right. And it was so funny. I did a single for uh, for this producer and I said, hey, I did one at what's, and like right after I spoke with him, this single is at minus 14 luffs. This one, well, is not. And which one do you and the band like? Right. And I told him, what could possibly happen if you don't like the one that's at that prescribed level? And he's like, 
Yeah, fuck that one. <laughs> that one's quiet <laughs> as hell. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like you just serve these just serve your people. Right. Just do what you're gonna do. Yep. I don't know. That that that's where I am on it. Feel free to berate me. I don't care. <laughs> it's not gonna affect my business. Whatever. All right. I'm I think done. that's all I gotta say, bro. I, I think I think, exhausted I think we it. were done thirty minutes ago. Probably. Uh, it's okay. If you're still listening, you're a trooper. Yeah, if you're still listening, we'll give you a download code to something we don't have yet. <laughs> yes. I also during this podcast, I I like I drew a little t-shirt concept where the shirt says, It's okay to be loud. Oh, I like it. And it's got like a really freaking smashed waveform on it. <laughs> There we go. There's Christmas merch right there. Put it on a mug. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. I think we're done here. Done. Sam, cue the music. Make make it a loud track, too. Cueing. It's going to distort. Like metal, like dun, 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 dun. Yeah, something <laughs> stupid loud. I'm going to smash right. it to zero, zero RMS, and then we'll let our listeners decide if that was harsh we should post this episode at 14 miles <laughs> don't be too quiet like, this episode is too quiet <laughs> <laughs> all right we're done Music's we're cute. trying to make a point <laughs> all right <laughs> bye <laughs> cue the love.